Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby podcast now in partnership with scrum magazine get yourself onto scrummagazine.com and subscribe they do quarterly print editions issue number 111 is available now and that is an autumn international preview including us giving our thoughts on the upcoming games against wales fiji south africa and argentina that's scrummagazine.com get on there now now onto the pod Okay, welcome back. It is 7 a.m. We are here to do the breakfast show, Thistle Scottish Rugby <laughs> Podcast, getting you ready for work. Alan, how are you doing, pal? I'm struggling. How early is it? It's, it's really early. It's really early. It's really dark. <laughs> it is still so dark. It's so bad. You've got a call at 8.30, so we've got to get going. Yeah. Um, Matt is here as well. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Don't really have anything on today, so I can talk about Scottish rugby for, for hours and hours. Stay here forever. So you can take the drive time slot as well later oh, when you good. come back. Yeah, that'll that'll be so slot. good. Um, thanks a lot, guys, for coming back. Um, really exciting week for Scottish rugby. The Autumn Internationals are back. You are probably listening to us on iTunes or Acast or, honestly, wherever you get your podcasts. We do not discriminate. Um, chatting to us on Twitter, at ThistleRugbyPod. We've been a little bit light on the memes, but we're going to kick that off over the weekend. That is on Instagram, thistle understroke rugby understroke pod. And the mailbag has been continuing to tick over, and that is thethistlerugby at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys, so please do get in touch. Um, right, so today's agenda. News. Then a quick look back at the two disappointing results for Edinburgh and Glasgow last weekend, and then the big um, talking points for this week. Obviously, Gregor Townsend has announced his team to play Wales on Saturday, the first of Scotland's four autumn internationals. Um, so we'll be getting into that and then looking ahead and possibly debating why, whether they're worthwhile, the two Pro 14 games on Friday night. 
Um, so yeah, anything else, guys? Or is that enough? You do have a very sort of like local radio sort of early morning voice. I think yeah. like f- four a four a.m. with Dave well, Leslie up, <laughs> up with the partridge. Yeah, partridge. <laughs> I'd be up for that. BBC Radio Scotland are offering jobs. I don't understand these people get up at that time in the morning. But that yeah. that is the only sort of sticking point. I am Dave Leslie, and welcome to Radio Orkney. <laughs> <laughs> I would do a job for Radio Orkney. <laughs> um, so, should we kick off with some news? Yes. How about the biggest U-turn, certainly of the week, if not of the month, from the SRU and the WRU? After significant public and media pressure, they have decided to make a six-figure joint donation directly to the Doddy Weir Trust um, to go to MND Research. Um, the SRU had previously been uh, reported they were going to make around about a million pounds, so a seven-figure sum from this. So I reckon they're probably going to carve out 60 grand. Wales will chip in 40. Yeah, you want to be mm. able to say six figures. Six figures. Six yeah. figures, which I know will be six figures and no more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that it's the right, the right result, though. Uh, yeah, I think... I guess the issue the issue is is that if they'd if they just played the fourth game and not said any and not said anything about the Doddy Ware Foundation, obviously would would have been absolutely fine. And I even think if they'd announced the game and then sort of three to four months later had said, Look, to help raise awareness, this is gonna be the Doddy Ware Cup and we're gonna try and raise money around the stadium. I think yeah. most people would have been fine fine with it. Cause, but I was actually looking at the original original press release. And even in the original press release, it's kind of very much like Scotland and Wales will play the Doddy Wear Cup. Yeah. And there is something just a little unsettling about kind of utilising that charity for marketing. Mm. I, I think in the end, it, it did become a bit of a simple narrative of they're playing this match in aid of MND and they're not giving them any money. This is disgraceful. And it yeah. was like... I kind of get that, but there was actually a bit more going on in yeah. terms of they never actually... It's not as if they said they were going to do it, no, and, and raise money directly for the chat and then donate money rather directly the, for the and charity. And the game was never never said to be in aid, yes. of the charity. Which you know, you look back at it now, and that's a, a bit of a blunder. I think they, yeah. they should have done it, and then it just doesn't become an issue at all. They can give as much money or as little money as they want. Yeah, yeah. And I think it is probably fair to say that the SRU, I think, have actually done a pretty good job of raising awareness and using their scale and their network to bring. You know, if you look at the New Zealand game last year, it had the the charity thing, middle of the park. They had Doddy coming on at, at halftime, which became a sort of like iconic moment in sport. So I think the SRU is just a, it's just stupid. They shot themselves in the foot, having done lots of good stuff. A, I do agree with you, but also B, you do like lobbying for the SRU, so I'm a bit wary of your your ways. <laughs> no, I think you're abs- I think you're absolutely right, and I think look. The situation is what it is. They put the six figure out into it. Everyone's, I think everyone should just be happy with, with the outcome. Everyone's happy. They're playing for the Doddy Weir Cup. Have you seen the Doddy Weir Cup? No. It's quite ugly. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, he's, he, hasn't he called it the lugs or something? Because it's got two quite it's big got, handles. It's got the big handles, but it's got like a little sort of like strip of his tartan around the top of it as well. Mm. Listen, I'm, I'm not a cup designer. You know, that's Are you not, not? That's not, not my thing. That's not my thing. Um, so yeah, should we, I think it's a good result. Should we move yes. on. And um, at least it sort of means that on day, it's not. That's kind of the leading story. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's quite right. 
Yeah. Um, other fairly big news coming out of Edinburgh this week. It came out yesterday and fairly out of the blue. Johnny Petrie, Edinburgh um, rugby managing director and friend of the pod, um, is moving to become the chief executive of Ulster Rugby. I like how broad a term friend of the pod is these days. Anyone that's ever mentioned the fact yeah. that there is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Pete, he was on the pod. He was. He liked one of our tweets. Is a exactly, friend of the pod. exactly. <laughs> clearly a friend of the pod. What do you make of this? He's done lots of um, positive statements coming out saying he's done a great job at Edinburgh. Firstly, has he? And what do you think of this move to Ulster, Matt? I think probably when you look at Edinburgh from when he first joined and how he's left it, like the club's in a lot better shape. I, you know, I think a lot of that is to do with the SRU finally saying, right, enough is enough in terms of Edinburgh underachieving. Yeah. Let's put some resource behind them. But, you know, Peachy must have had a role in bringing in Richard Cockrell and in obviously improved results on the pitch as a result. And then the mini Murrayfield, I imagine he's quite a big driver of that, I which is a was, good result. I so, think it was one of his, his big projects was getting that off the ground. Is I mean, Ulster a step up? I think being Ulster CEO is a step up from being Edinburgh Rugby Managing Director just because they're so much more of their own entity than Edinburgh are. Yes. Also, it's a bigger club as well. Yeah. Like, in terms of, you know, it's it's the one club in Belfast. And Edinburgh's the one club in Edinburgh. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I probably mean more of the fact that it, it, it doesn't have the yeah. control and... Well, it's probably sorry. What I mean is, it's only really big sports club in Belfast, or it's the biggest sports club in Belfast, right? Yes, although my knowledge of I'm, what, I'm stepping out. Way yeah, beyond, I know. Way beyond my knowledge now. <laughs> That's why I think sports clubs in Belfast. They don't have many. They don't have any, or any big football clubs, right? Yes, and the Irish sports are mainly played in the south. Don't know. <laughs> I would. Say I yes. also don't know, but I would say yes. Yes, GAA. Well, there you go. GAA is a. Broadly well, it's Gaelic, speaking. isn't it? Yeah, so, it's a Republic of Ireland thing. Yeah, that's clearly my knowledge of Irish history coming out. <laughs> I there. think before we get into sort of deep sectarian, yeah. um, but no, I, I agree. I think it is a probably a bigger role. Yes, and I think the thing is, I think I, it's never really been one hundred percent clear what responsibilities Johnny Petrie has. I think I was, the only thing that he appears to have real control over is a bit of Edinburgh sponsorship whilst obviously some of that's tied into the broader SOU sponsorships. Yeah. And then probably a, a lot around this sort of stadium and the appointment of Cockrell. So I'm just surprised he would leave now when a you know Edinburgh are still improving as a side and they've just had the planning permission for Mini Murrayfield. Yeah, and he's not going to stay to sort of see it through. Yeah. But they also just seem to love nicking Scottish yes. rugby people. It is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe it's the new Trojan horse. Yes. Maybe we're trying to take over Ulster Rugby. That'd be massive, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, well, best of luck, uh, Johnny, uh, with your time at Ulster. Um, other news, I think it happened last week, but it's been a wee while since we recorded. John Hardy has been signed by the Newcastle Falcons. That is a great bit of business for them, and him, actually, I would have thought. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think we were, I think a lot of people in Scottish Rugby are surprised that he wasn't maybe picked up by Glasgow or just picked up by a club quickly after the whole sort of the events of last year um i think there were question marks over his fitness and that's why claremont didn't sign him yeah but i think he's a great player to have for for any club yeah oh absolutely i mean he he is such a high quality club level player and i think actually he'll probably suit pretty well into that newcastle game plan which is a pretty confrontational pack oh yeah not particularly sort of silky skills but 
at home in the rain in Newcastle in December, I think that's him in his element. Yeah, the Otago boy has basically found sort of Otago in the northeast of England. Exactly. Um, I'm st- I, I still wouldn't be surprised if he gets in the Scotland squad for the World Cup. I wouldn't be either. Really? Especially if Newcastle... I guess it depends. If, do, if Newcastle sort of get their premiership season back on track and do actually make a little bit of a push for the Champions Cup and he's starring week in, week out, I guess it depends Does if the, if the Champions Cup run ends and they end up in this relegation dogfight. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. He's close to home. I think it's probably quite a good result. He's getting good high-level club rugby. He's close to Scotland should he need to be sort of had a look at. Yes. I'm sure that the SRU are probably having conversations with him or Gregor Townsend is probably in co- in touch or knows what he's up to. Yeah. So he's putting himself in the frame and he's so high quality. Think about the 2015 World Cup and the impact he made when he was basically just dropped on us yep. there. And it's just, we've got amazing back row options. I think it's great to have him at least in that conversation. There was, there was an interesting on the, uh, on the rugby pod, um, Jim Hamilton was chatting about when John Hardy got in the squad and how he was shipped over like a month before the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, I listened to that. And um, basically got in the squad ahead of John Barkley. And supposedly the yeah. loads of the squad were fucking pissed about it. Fair enough. Um, and then at the end of the World Cup, everyone's like, oh, you're actually pretty sweet. Well, it would have been the same with Blair Cowan as well. Sort of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe not considered Scottish, you know? Yeah. That's good. If You, you don't actually need to listen to the rugby pod ever. Yeah. We will we will, any Scottish stuff, we will report back to you. Any rugby pod out there, we will just summarize all the Scottish information and feed it back yeah. in. Exactly. So stop listening to all the other ones <laughs> is, the, is the key message there. Um, and one final little bit of news. It's not, not often that Scotland get recognised on the world stage, but Sean Maitland's try against England uh, last year, which was set up by the pass by Finn Russell, has been shortlisted for um, International Try of the Year by World Rugby. So that is pretty tasty. Some of the other ones are pretty sweet there. There are a lot of sweet uh, yeah. tries in there. Uh, obviously, I'm biased, but I still think the Scotland one is... One of the favourite. There's one of definitely one of the best tries. The Scotland one and the two Kiwi ones are absolutely awesome. And then there's like a really average Irish try in there. It's just because Tide Furlong passed the ball. Yeah. It's because oh <laughs> World Rugby is based in Dublin. They're, oh, getting, they're getting lent on. That is true. Yeah. That is what yeah. is happening. You, you um, so the current. That is the news. Let's have a very quick conversation about a disappointing weekend in the Pro 14 last weekend. Let's start with um, Halloween coming early, Edinburgh away at uh, Zebra, 13-3 up at halftime, go on to lose 34-16. That is losing the second half, 31 points to three. Um, the sole try from Edinburgh from that man, Darcy Graham, who we're going to come on and talk to uh, later on. Guys, that was classic old Edinburgh stuff, wasn't it? I mean, that was worse than old Edinburgh. <laughs> the second half was so bad, wasn't it? Well, we'd have lost the first half. We lost the second half. 31-3. 31-3. To Zebra. But, I mean, this happened... It is all, it's all Edinburgh, but it happened at the start of last season as well, and we lost to Treviso at Hope with a Friday team. nights against Italian teams <laughs> is what Edinburgh cannot do. That is, that's actually the one thing that they have not cracked yet. They might be able to get big wins against like Toulon, but they still can't beat an Italian team on a Friday night. Yeah, I suppose it's just that depth as well that you know they are having to bring in guys from Prem One, um, and yeah. I think actually they played pretty well. I I actually think Zebra. Yeah. No. The, well. Uh, 
I don't like con- considering, like the the young guys, I thought did okay. But you know what? That back, like the back line for Edinburgh, yeah. wasn't that different to right. who played against Toulon? No, yeah, like they they actually looked the first half. They looked pretty good as well. Like it was a little bit scrappy, but mm. they showed a little, that bit of class to score the try. Fantastic line from Chris Dean. Takes the contact, great support in line from Dar- Darcy Graham. Here we go. Like, and you, yeah. you were, I was watching it, and I was texting you because you'd put money on, um, you'd put money on yeah. Edinburgh to win by more than five. And I was like, "Don't worry about it. Go and enjoy your dinner. <laughs> I've got this. Sorted. Switch it off. Edinburgh's absolutely fine." Yeah, and I, then it was a horror show. I actually didn't look at my phone for like two hours, and then looked <laughs> came came out came out of the pub, and I was just like, "Ah, oh, fuck." Yeah, I was the same actually. I was like, "Oh, it's in the bag," and then. Bruh. I think there just is uh, a couple of players in that, especially in that back line, who can just be a bit flaky. Yeah. And I think Pergos is one. Simon Hickey. Simon Hickey is looking a little bit flaky. I mean, I guess for him, he's like, what the hell am I doing away in um, Palmer? Yeah, there's probably a bit of that. And then obviously Dougie Fife looked really off the boil in some of the highlights that I watched. Um, I just don't understand what kind of player Simon Hickey is. Like, I wouldn't say his kicking game's amazing. No. He doesn't make any breaks. He doesn't play particularly flat to the line. I just don't quite get... Yeah. And I think, like, even, like, Jakob van der Vaal, who isn't the finished article, at least will take the ball to the game line and sort of offer a bit more an attack. Yeah, I think think you're right. I think Simon Hickey does everything fine and nothing particularly well. Yeah. Whereas I think... But I do think... Potentially, I was going to say more reliable than Van der Vaart. Possibly, I, I think but, possibly yeah. running his kicking. I suppose it's been quite good. He missed a, a couple of sitters against Zebra. Not saying that that would have, that was the difference maker, but mm. it was just another little frustration. I think we'll move on quickly. But maybe sorry, maybe just the final point in Edinburgh. I did quite like it that afterwards Cockrell came out in the press and he, he wasn't uber critical. You know, he said this isn't good enough, but I quite liked his point. He said. Look, Edinburgh used to be full of journeyman players in these kind of matches, and I've not got much time for that. I would much rather give these guys, young guys, coming through the opportunity. And I thought that was quite quite encouraging, quite refreshing. Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously Jamie Hodgson, Hunter Hill, Luke Crosby, all getting some game time. I guess with all these things, it's such like cliched, but hopefully they'll learn from this and come back sort of stronger. You just need opportunities, so... Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think you're absolutely right. But I think you look at the sort of threadbare situation that Edinburgh were in when your subs bench is Cherry, Sutherland, Secciarelli, Atkinson, Mason, Kennedy, Baggett, Sacchino, people that haven't really been anywhere near. <laughs> yeah. Sort of, get, that's, that's what he was dealing with. Um, it was disappointing, but that's where we are, unfortunately. Another disappointing result as well for Glasgow... Um, who again threw away a massive lead um, against Munster over at Toman Park in Limerick. They went down 25-24. Um, two tries from George Horn, one from Pete Horn, and one from Matt Fagerson. And they lost it to a fairly contentious penalty from about 55 metres in the last minute. Pretty gutting. Pretty gutting, and I'm sure we can talk about that penalty. But the fact that Glasgow were comfortably in the lead and threw it away is probably more of a talking point and more of a disappointment yeah absolutely Alan yeah I think the what 24 living up with about 15 minutes to go fair enough you're away at Tolman Park but 
it's just not really good enough. Yeah, you um, need to be able to close that out. And I know they were probably missing quite a few sort of leaders on the pitch, but it's, I don't know, I just, I, I wonder if they, they appear to be a little bit spent at the end. And I just don't know, there's a couple of injuries quite early on and I felt like Glasgow slightly ran out of gas. Um, and look, it's a big game for Glasgow because, you know, Munster are probably their main contender to top their conference. Yeah, absolutely. So actually, in the grand scheme of things, it was it was top of the table, mm. you know, big point swing. Yeah. Um, but look, yeah, look, there was enough in that game to be pretty like, to not get too yeah. too down about it, I think. I think Munster are currently third. Um, the actual top of the table clash, and we'll come on to talk about it very briefly at the end, is Glasgow Ospreys. Gla- yes. Glasgow on 27, Ospreys on 23. That's happening Friday night at the Liberty Stadium. So that is uh, the big one. Speaking of the penalty, do you think we can um, request a replay of the match a la I Bath think, and Toulon? Bruce, Bruce Craig's on our side. <laughs> I reckon we can get him to can we talk about Really disappointing, I think. I think like the fa- last like ten minutes, the refereeing of the Rock was shocking. Yeah, on, but on both sides. Yeah, no, no, exactly. On on bo- both it was sides. an absolute free for all. Like, I saw. Really I good- just feel that, and, and as well, when teams are trying to run down the clock, I feel like referees are just looking for a reason to penalise. One hundred percent. And to be fair, people are off their feet because they're just so. You know, obsessed just, with like you just, just flop want over the ball. Yeah, the ball exactly. That's it. There's no attacking intent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, though, people. There's a few people been getting annoyed about like, oh, monster, like cheating, blah blah. Last minute of the game, you got to do anything you can. Give away a penalty. Who gives a fuck? Exactly. Yeah. Like, I actually think it is super smart because you do see a lot of the best, especially X, to do this, where they just literally have someone on the guy's shoulder, they just seal off instantaneously and you can't get to it. Mm. Yeah. And actually, I quite liked it. If it had been Glasgow, I would be like, that is oh, really yeah, smart. Oh, yeah, of course. But I still hate it. Yeah. I hate Munster. <laughs> I hate them so much for doing that kind of thing. But, it was a pain. But two points on the road, it's not a disaster. They should, no, it should have been a five-point win, mm. but they still take two losing bonus points, um, and they march on, as we say, Ospreys on Friday night, and we'll have a look up, look forward to that. But news out of the way. Let's talk about the biggest talking point of the week and look ahead to what is going to be a massive game against Wales on Saturday at the Principality Stadium. Gregor Townsend named his team um, yesterday, and I'll go through that now. Alan Dell, Stru- a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Rick McAnally, Willem Nell, Ben Tullis, Johnny Gray, Jamie Ritchie, Hamish Watson, and Ryan Wilson in the pack. And a backline, Ali Price, Adam Hastings, 
Um, Alex Dunbar and Hugh Jones in the center and a back three. Lee Jones, Tommy Seymour and Blair Kinghorn. Lads, what did you think of it? Um, I kind of think they he picked the players. I don't. I don't think there's that much competition to be honest with you. Out, outside of McAnally Brown, Tulis Gilchrist, maybe Richie F- Ferguson. Mm. Team kind of picks itself. Kind of picks itself. Backline picks itself. Yep. Mm. You know. I mean, it's. I actually think. Next week will be just a lot more interesting when yeah. a couple of those when you guys can, come in. When you consider all of the restrictions of players who are not yeah. available, that yeah. is essentially your best 15 that you can put out. Yeah. There's probably a conversation yeah. you could have around Jamie Ritchie. Edinburgh, Edinburgh slash Glasgow yeah. select. Here's a question for you, and I'm stealing your position as Quizmaster, Alan. Okay, what? There are four players yeah. in that team that are returning from the squad that played against Argentina in June. Argentina in June. Who so are, out, of the one, whole, out of the whole squad? It is in the... Um, sorry, just four players returned to Scotland's starting lineup following the summer test win over Argentina. Okay. Okay. Good one for one. Yeah, go on. Dell. Dell, correct. Hastings. Correct. Tulis. Incorrect. Oh, what? I thought you played um, McAnally? McAnally, correct. One more to come. Kinghorn. Blair Kinghorn. Those are the four. <laughs> oh, booyah! Those nice are mate. the four that have come back <laughs> into good, that. You're the quiz master, right? Competing <laughs> with me every week into that squad. So, so what do you think? We haven't seen the Wales team yet. It's Thursday morning, Wales have not released. I expect that will come out around about lunchtime today. Um, Before we go into select the actual selection, one thing that really caught my eye was McAnally captain with Ryan Wilson as vice captain and Seymour as vice captain. I didn't see that. Oh, interesting, yeah. And that's the first time I've ever seen Tommy Seymour with taking on a sort of... A like, leadership role. A leadership yeah. role. Mm. But to be fair, in that back line, he is by far the most... Had the most Scotland caps. Yeah. And is the most seasoned international. He's 43 caps. Your closest else in the back, uh, back line. Dunbar, 28. So, yeah, maybe... And I guess with McAnally and Wilson as those that captain and vice-captain, maybe... I don't know, Tooney thought that they needed someone to take on a bit more leadership in the back line. Yeah, I think there's probably a bit of that. Maybe if you, maybe we're reading too much into it, but if you look at Tommy Seymour's form, maybe it's just a nice sort of uh, pat on the back from Gregor Townsend saying, you know, we back you, we want you to be our sort of starting winger. Yeah, exactly. Like, come on in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a re- it could be a really nice touch, um, touch there. Um, any, any major talking points? Adam Hastings obviously getting another shot at 10 for Scotland's. Gregor Townsend said in his press conference that he is considering at some stage how he can fit him and Finn Russell into the back line at the same time. He said, he said he, Hastings could play 12 or maybe 15. Yeah. He did sort of caveat that <laughs> with, we've got lots of options until everyone gets injured. So I think he's saying, yeah, at some point, yeah. we may have to look at those options. But do you think Hastings is a better option at 12 than Russell is at 12? Because um, weirdly, I think one. Russell's played more at inside centre in in his career. He start he started yes. a bit at twelve, yeah. but actually, I kind of feel like Hastings is a stronger runner. I exactly. I see more of Hastings as he can still have that you know offer that playmaking option, but 
he yeah. could be quite distract, yeah. destructive running hard lines, which I think he can do. Whereas Russell... Mate, Russell looks lazy as fuck. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it has happened once before. Oh, yeah? In the first 1872 Cup game last year at Murrayfield, Adam came off the bench and Finn moved to 12. Really? That is from the, the fine uh, mouth of Gregor Townsend himself. Interesting. Was that when Glasgow lost? Yeah, well, Gla- yeah. Edinburgh were down to 14 men and Glasgow lost. So... <laughs> well, he was brought on to control the game. Cool. And cool. Threw it yeah. away. So it wasn't a great experiment, but it has happened before. <laughs> um, one of the interesting, um, I suppose, success stories and inclusions within the squad is Darcy Graham, who has gone from within a week from being named as training with the squad to a full member of the squad to now on the bench looking like he's going to get... His, um, his Scotland cap. And um, Gavin Harper, editor of Scrum Magazine, our partner, was at the um, Scotland press conference. And here's what Gregor Townsend had to say about that. He, uh, he's shown great form over the last three or four games. So when we announced the squad, both uh, he and Luke Crosby, we, we um, believe in their potential. Um, they hadn't played that many games for, for Edinburgh. But Darcy had played the week before against Montpellier. We were impressed. Uh, and we said to him, it's, depending on on what happens over the next two or three weeks and how you play, that, that you could easily come into the mix for for one of these games over the um, November period. I thought he was outstanding against Toulon. And even in, in defeat of the weekend, I felt he was he was a player that took the game to, to Zebra. And he broke nine or ten tackles. was very aggressive defensively. And that's a mindset that, that we need when we go to, to tough places like the Principality Stadium. So he's, he's earned his, his chance to play international rugby. You guys excited about Darcy Graham possibly getting his first cap? Uh, yeah, a, li- a little bit. I mean, the guy, I appreciate he's played okay, <laughs> fine against, two, he played pretty well against Toulon, okay against Montpellier and against Zebra, but... It just shows how thin Scotland rugby is when someone who's probably only started three games for Scotland, sorry, at, at club level, can get into the Scotland squad. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm I'm really intrigued to see how he'll go. I'm not 100% convinced by him. And I don't want to focus on what someone can't do. I'd rather focus on what he can do. But I still think that... <laughs> Why are you giving me that look? <laughs> yeah, no, fine. <laughs> no, go ahead. Um, I do just worry slightly about his size. In you know, he could be playing against George North. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I, I get your depth point, but you know, I feel like this is kind of a match to experiment slightly. So yeah, I think they want to have a look at him. He is twenty years old. Yeah, like, could be a bolter. You know, the he's Cup, absolutely know. rapid. I think this is sort of how does he react in this sort of environment? Yeah, no, and that is fair. And and I think that is why I quite like the fact that he was in the squad at the start to kind of get a sense of that kind of what what does it take to be part of the Scotland team? Yeah, I'm just I would like to see him have more games under his belt. Well, I suppose if it weren't for this kind of quite funny yeah. match. He would yeah, have still been, you know, an apprentice player or whatever. Yeah, because so, you think Byron McGregor's not available for selection within this squad. Maitland's, Maitland's not available for selection within this and squad. Chris Harris, actually. Chris Harris. There's quite a lot of people that are probably naturally ahead of him in that pecking order. Yeah. I think it's a great opportunity. Not for him. For him as well as sort of Scotland to have a look at him. 
We've got nine nine test matches before the World Cup. So there is only so many so much room for experimentation. Yeah. And five away matches. Five of them are away from home. Mm. So yeah. Test them out on that. Um I was saying we've only won once in Cardiff this century. <laughs> Good. Was that? Uh I think it was like thousand four or something. Yeah. It's quite a while back. It was like six Chris Patterson pens. I think oh, it might yeah. be more. It was like eight Chris Patterson pens. Classic. What else you got? Um, are you like excited? I'm I'm excited because I'd rather watch the England game. Matt, I that actually, is blasphemy. I, I know, but I would. <laughs> that is absolutely blasphemy. I just feel like really sort of ambivalent about this. I think it's match. Weird. I think it. It degrades a little Mate, you bit. You can't be coming out with this sort of shit. Right. <laughs> I think it does. De- I think it does degrade the the Six Nations feeling. If you play these teams once a year and it's a really big occasion, like when Wales come to Murrayfield, is it going to feel a little bit different in March because we've already seen them a few months ago? And I think it also it's really strange that we got the weekend's games Friday night: Glasgow playing Ospreys, Edinburgh playing Scarlets. Neither of none of those teams have got internationals within them so yeah. it sort of degrades two tournaments at once yeah you know it, i find it i find it a bit funny all of that being said scotland versus wales on a saturday afternoon i'm really excited about that yes i, yeah. I mean i can't not get excited about For that sure, yeah you know you you well, have to watch the england game fine. you're not allowed to watch anything else now <laughs> you're banned from the pod and get 15 minutes of scotland wales and have to turn over <laughs> uh yeah i think look, i you're completely right, but I'm with you. It's Scotland Wales in the Principality Stadium. Get it up Saturday then. afternoon. Right. I'm pretty. I'm pretty up for it. You go. I, you're away. You're going to Berlin to watch it. Yeah, I where know. are you going to watch it? I need to try and find in East, some, East Berlin's finest rugby pub. <laughs> yeah, I need to try and find some sort of. I mean, there'll think, be an Irish bar in yeah. Berlin. There always is. But they're going to show England South Africa. Yeah, aren't they? Who is going to show Scotland Wales? Um, so yeah, I'm probably going to be like outside, like the right stag, just like <laughs> streaming, stre- <it>. streaming <laughs> BBC website on my phone. That is um, going to be. So Girlfriend's like, "Can we go inside?" He's like, yeah, yeah. I have time for ten minutes and look back out. So good, Alan. You raised it as an issue, or somebody, whoever was in charge of our Twitter yesterday, raised our back row as an issue and a lack of ball carrying. Do we still see that as a big issue for Scotland, particularly in this game against Wales? I don't think it's an an issue per se. It just gives us less options, you know? Yeah. Just like when we played Wales last year and plan A didn't work. Exactly. We don't have a really much, much a, like another way to play. Yeah. yeah. That's that's my concern about it. And I, if you, I think if you have someone like Fagerson in there, I still don't think you really like... It's not as if he's someone that doesn't have a high work rate. You don't, and you don't lose the ability to play in an open style. Yeah. But you do have someone that can punch holes a bit more than, you know, Ryan Wilson can do certain things well. But he's not that effective a ball carrier. I don't think a lot of people would argue with that. Yeah, I think I think that's true. I would table a motion that says that there possibly is a bit of a plan B on the bench. Listen to the bench: Fraser Brown, Alex Allen, Simon Bergen, Grant Gilchrist, Matt Fagerson. Those guys all come on and make quite a big impact in terms of carrying yeah, the ball. Actually. Yeah, back back line. George Horn can come on, add a bit of zip. He's not that different from Ali Price. Darcy Graham, Pete Horn. 
I would say there's different combinations on that bench that do allow Scotland to play a slightly different... Um, if we need to close it out, bring on Pete Horn, slow it down. <laughs> bring, on, bring on, you know, Simon Bergen, Grant Gilkis, Fraser Brown, truck it up. I mean, if I don't, I don't do, think those are back subs to close out a game. No, neither no. do I. I'm no. clutching at straws here. Yeah, <laughs> Pete Horn's probably the closest, but he struggled at 10 whenever he's played. So. Yeah. And especially closing out games. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the kick against Italy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. Um, okay, why don't we go into some predictions then? Matt, you're, give us your prediction for the first 15 minutes before you go and watch the England game. Uh, I think Wales will pick a pretty strong team with a big pack and win by 10 10 Alan any thoughts I think um, Wales going to win by about 7 yeah we're quite bad down in Wales and I don't want to get lulled into that security that I got lulled into before the Six Nations match, <laughs> never do that again I don't know there's something about this Scotland team and I think I think Scotland have got more to prove in this match than Wales do. I think the Doddy factor might mean that the Scotland players get two or three percent more up for it than the Welsh guys. Um, so I'm going to say a Scotland win by five points. Nice. I'm just after after last week after being lambasted for being pessimistic and then being optimistic going into the zebra game. <laughs> I'm now refusing to be optimistic. <laughs> yeah, good. Stick to your guns. It's, it's, not, yeah, it's nice you know. to have you back. Yeah. Um, so that's that. And if you are in Edinburgh this weekend um, and looking to, for somewhere to watch um, the Doddy Weir Cup, Scotland versus Wales, why not get down to the Indigo Yard where our partners Scrum are hosting a lunch. They've got Edinburgh and Scotland Centre. Mark Bennett there, who's going to be doing a Q&A. There's going to be great food and drink on offer and prize giveaways. So that is down at the Indigo Yard starting from midday. Get in touch with uh, the Indigo Yard to book your tables. And that is Saturday for the Doddy Weir Cup. It would be a great afternoon. Um, right, very quickly, the weird Friday night games um, ahead of the international. Glasgow versus the Ospreys down at the Liberty Stadium. Top of Conference A clash. What do you guys make of it? It'd just be interesting to see what kind of teams they actually managed to put out in the end. Yeah. Um, Ospreys will be hit as hard yeah that's true and they've been going pretty well this season so yeah pretty hard hard ask I think in, yeah I just don't know who Glasgow are going to play in a lot of positions I I say, I, I don't think it's going to be rel- that's different to the team that was put out last week just apart from Ferguson and the two horns yeah mm. um, it's just who you play at 10 because you're basically having to play Jackson or Thompson yeah or Frisbee Frisbee. If Frisbee gets off his shift, from, yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't think he's ever playing for Glasgow again <laughs> after the Kings. He's got he's, he's picking up weekend work. With Malcolm Griffith at the Fort moment. Cliff. He's doing he's doing all right. Listen, he loves Glasgow. Um, so yeah, I think you're probably likely to maybe have Thompson at ten because they'll probably need Jackson at fullback. Mm-hmm. Most yeah. likely, um, and it's just how is that team going to operate with pre f- fresh nine ten combinations? Yeah. Who's playing nine then? Frisbee. I assume Frisbee. And like Barreto on the bench. And yeah, Barreto on the bench. Or Matawalu. Oh, you've got Matawalu in the team if needed. Matawalu and Thompson, nine and ten. Oish. Cheers. Yeah. Um, 
so I think it could, I, I think it could be a massive struggle, especially away from home on a Friday night at the Liberty. Yeah, it's a big ask, isn't it? I, I, I struggle to see Glasgow coming out there with anything more than like a bonus point. Yeah, I agree. I'm struggling to find a more positive way of looking at that game. <laughs> um, let's see if Edinburgh can offer us anything. Edinburgh versus the Scarlets at what is sure to be a packed out Murrayfield on um, Friday night. I suppose same same sort of applies. Edinburgh have been absolutely ravaged by the Scotland squad. Yeah, um, it's if anything, they'll probably be a little bit more threadbare than was, than Glasgow. I was having a look. They're, they're all, in terms of their back three, they probably have to put Farndale on the wing. Yep. Maybe Tom Brown goes to fullback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then in the pack, you're gonna have to bring in people like like Mungo Mason or someone like that. Yeah, you're going to have co- to get those people who, off, like, who were on the bench last you, week. The, the bench that was last week, you're basically cutting another four players out of that squad. Yeah. So you're going to have to go to... Because there were a few guys who were playing in Prem 1 as well who were like travelling with Edinburgh last year, like the Barmere Hooker, Johnny Matthews. Yeah. yeah. So you're probably going to have to have two or three of those guys. Which against Scarlets, who, to be fair to them, they sent a really scratched team to South Africa and pumped the Kings. Yeah. Right. Could be a tough a bit weekend. Of a baptism of fire. Could be a tough weekend for the pro teams and for Scotland. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I, I think Edinburgh have got people like Lewis Wynn or like Ali Miller that you can... Well, Lewis Wynn's at London Scottish. I think he's but, come back. Has he? I don't know why I think that. Uh, maybe. Yeah, Ali Miller. You've got, got Ali Miller's with his, he's been training with the seven squad, but I suppose you could bring him in. I think conclusion... It's going to be tough. <laughs> it sounds quite again. bad. We I should quite want to watch it though and just see how these guys. It's often quite interesting to see how these guys who you haven't, who you won't have had any chance to see before, actually get on. It's a weird thing that we're, we're obviously complaining about the Scotland team playing at the same time as the Pro Fourteen teams. And the weird thing is, is because they can't pick the Premiership players, that impacts the Pro Fourteens even more. Yeah. And the most annoying thing is the Premiership isn't even playing this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, so exactly. None, none like of those prem- players are even playing. It's like Premiership Cup. Yeah, yeah. they'll all yeah. be sitting on their eyes. It's so fucking stupid. <laughs> talking about actually, we just flagged it. Talking about people that you don't get a lot of chance to see. Stafford McDowell came off the bench for Glasgow last yeah, week. Yeah, he looked good. And obviously that car- that one big carry that he made. But otherwise, he looked really, really solid. He's looked really good for air this season. Um, he looks like someone that could make like a big physical a player, up. but with. You know, good good hands, good he's understanding. So he's so big. I think he's always been that tall, but he's just in like the last season put yeah. on like the bulk and the power. Yeah. How old is he? Twenty. Twenty. Ugh. Yeah. And uh, look, he, ca- he came off the bench and didn't look out of place away at Munster. Yeah. Against a pretty solid Munster team. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was a good side. So in terms of um getting chucked in at the deep end, because uh, he was like the twenty. He was. He wasn't even in the, the squad when they went across, mm. and then I can't remember who got injured. But he then got brought into the twenty-three, and then was Scott Johnson got taken off after literally like fifty Scott minutes. Scott, Scott Johnson, Johnson was playing. <laughs> Sam Johnson. Sam Johnson. <laughs> Scott Johnson got hooked after thirty seconds. They're like, what? What are we up to? <laughs> this was a bad idea. He, he, he paid a grand to play thirty seconds. Um, so yeah, and one other thing on the rugby pod as well. Oh, come they on. were saying a rumour that Dave Rennie is going to leave Glasgow. Yeah, that was what Jim Hamilton was putting out there. Was it for the England job? It, I don't know. I don't was know if it, it was job? for the England job or for just big cash. I thought it well. might have been a premiership job, I think they said. 
it wouldn't surprise me if Dave Rennie or left. go back to New Zealand. Yeah. Well, plenty to keep an eye on. Um, thanks a lot for joining us. We're looking forward to obviously Scotland Wales. Um, we will be tweeting that is at Thistle Rugby Pod and on Instagram Thistle Understroke Rugby Understroke Pod. And the emails are always open for your thoughts, feelings, emotions, angers, and sort of drunken rants off the back of three Scottish losses this weekend. That is <laughs> the Thistle Rugby at gmail dot com. Thanks a lot for joining us, and thanks to our partners Scrum. We'll speak to you guys soon. See ya. Cheers, bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.